to 11. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too, dear, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. The second reading is from Acts 2, verses 1 to 4, which is on page 1692, about the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Barbara. Is that better? Ah, amazing. Technology, marvellous, but you could never make a career out of it. The, uh, so we're going to talk this morning both about Pentecost and patience. So I don't know what comes to mind when you think of patience. I don't know whether you've ever played the card game, and I won't ask anybody to say whether or not they've do played patience in the bath before. Tell me after. <laughs> what about cashier number five? I think it's uh, a great English tradition, isn't it, to queue? And I, I, I don't know whether you're like me when I, when I arrive back into the country and you're in the customs hall and there's all these queues. And it's always another queue that seems to go quicker, isn't it, really? But to me, what about that one? I don't know whether... <laughs> It's amazing what Google will do when you type in patience. But that's what comes to mind for me. <laughs> and you wouldn't believe the number of times I went through the crossing in the last week, and it was open. <laughs> I couldn't find a time to take a photograph. Uh, but I, I always remember that Stuart Silk, uh, to pray, was uh, standing at the crossing or waiting to go through, through there. So... It has a positive uh, uh, attribute as well. 
But uh, maybe we want to talk really about this one. And this photograph I took this week in the garden, and it is the first fruits of the season. And I had some uh, nice raspberries this morning for breakfast, the, the, the first of the year. And uh, you wait patiently all through the winter for those fruits to appear. So today, in a pack program, we've got two for the price of one. We've got we're talking about patience, which is one of the fruit of the Spirit, and also Pentecost, which is the coming of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's a special day in the church calendar, and I, we obviously, you've already been psyched up to the fact that it's Pentecost, but what do we know about Pentecost? What, when, it, when you mention Pentecost, what comes to mind? Any, any takers for that? No, nothing? Flames, yeah? Wind. <laughs> Tongues, yeah? But, I mean, the day itself is, is a festival. It's a Jewish festival. <coughs> and uh, does anybody know what it's about? <coughs> New Testament. In the, in the Old Testament, it was a harvest festival. And it seems strange that at this time of year, you have a harvest festival. And it's because in that country, you have an early crop and a late crop. And this is a time when uh, you have the, the, the feast coming in of, of, of the wheat so that the people would celebrate. So it's a festival of joy because it's a harvest festival. And so it's not inappropriate that the Christian church was born on the time of the first fruit. So... We read in Acts that, uh, in verse 5, that the Jews from every nation were in Jerusalem to witness this coming of the Holy Spirit. Now, if we go to the, the fruit of the Spirit, and, which is mentioned in Galatians, and we're going through the series, so, so far we've had... Oh, thank you very much. So far, what we had so far, what was number one? Anybody... Love, yes. Number two, joy. And number three, peace. And so now we're up to patience. Now it's interesting to know that in Galatians, the word says fruit. It doesn't say fruits. It's the whole portion today between fruit and gifts of the Spirit. So that's why we've got two slightly different themes, but I think are very well connected. Don't want to go to page three, do I? So, although patience can be considered, all the gifts and uh, the fruit can be said, considered, you've got an earthly gift of patience and a spiritual gift of patience. So, today I'm not going to give you practical tips on how to stand at the barrier and enjoy yourself and, and be liberated and free. I'm going to talk more about the spiritual gifts of patience and that would... Um, be beneficial, or rather that's, that's something that you wouldn't get through the worldly view of that. Now the gifts are in several places in the New Testament, uh, but especially in 1 Corinthians. And in chapter 12, it says that the gifts are given out separately and purposefully. So 
we should expect to ha all manifest the fruit of the Spirit, but we might not necessarily all individually exhibit all the gifts of the Spirit. So if we look at the context on fruit, it says uh, earlier on in the chapter, in verse 16, it says that these, you are fruitful when you live by the Spirit. Now I'm guessing that talking about living by the Spirit would be a, a sermon series in its own right. And uh, maybe the PCC Away Day might consider that that's uh, going to be the next 27 weeks or whatever we'll do, the, the, the uh, living by the Spirit. But uh, in a nutshell, I think uh, what you might say is it's being in tune with God so that you can be receptive to his guidance. Now, God offers us the great gift of the Holy Spirit to power us to obey his word. And that's what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. Now, I like to think of this as a bit of a car journey. And we've got a car a bit like Fred Flintstone. Now, it's perfectly acceptable for you to paddle away in your own strength down life's journey. Or we could be switched on to accepting the Holy Spirit. Now, to stretch this metaphor even more, I like to think that the Holy Spirit isn't front seat as a passenger. Being able to show you through life's journey all the rich blessings as you go along the way. And he would also make sure that you don't get lost and that you take the right road, but it's still up to you to steer that car. I'm not promising that the road is going to be easy. You might need to go through some very difficult places, but you don't have to go through it alone. So it's up to you if you want to put your feet through the floor and shuffle like mad then you can do that. But it would be much better to take on board a passenger who can be both a, a comfort, a sat-nav, and the engine to the car itself. Now, the, the strange thing about the Holy Spirit is he's very unassuming. And in, if you look at John chapter 16, verse 14, it suggests that he's very much a, a gentleman. He will, he will wait to be asked to be part of your life. So that's what people need to do, is to ask for his guidance and his indwelling in your lives. So now looking at the passage in James, I just wonder, I see in this passage two different types of patience. So there's first of all, this waiting for the Lord's coming and patience in suffering. Verses 7 and 8 talk about being patient about the Lord's coming. And that fits in really well with the series that we've been doing on Revelation. And I think it's amazing. We hear about, within Revelation, something that sort of resonates with us. There's war and famine, injustice, ecological disasters. It's just like a news bulletin today, isn't it, really? But the main thing is that we see that God is in control. Our human hearts say, 
How much longer, O Lord? We pray for justice, hopefully in turn that God's holiness will come and not out of a sense of vengeance. So what Revelation gives us is things like the martyrs who are asking, how much longer do we have to wait? But God says that he will provide justice and restoration in the end. And that's what gives us our hope in patience. And then similarly, in that passage in James, it says about those in pain and those waiting for healing or watching, us, or watching people around us in suffering. I mean, the example given here was Job. And Job wasn't given all the answers, but he came to a blessing after being frank and heartfelt with God. So, in the face of physical and mental suffering, our human hearts are saying, how much longer, O Lord? But we're being told of the hope that is to come. Now, I guess there are people here today that are all waiting patiently for different things for different reasons. And this might be puzzling about why you're here today, for instance. You might think, well, what am I doing here? And what's he going on about? I don't understand it all. Maybe you've felt a, a draw to the church. And I suggest that every one of us has got the mark of the creator in us. And God wants to press that reset button in the creation that he's made of you and then put back into your lives the thing that is missing, which is Jesus. So maybe today, later on in the service with the prayer ministry team, people will pray with you. And there were, you, we had words of knowledge before as well. Maybe there are things that have been said that uh, resonate in you. I'd suggest that you don't miss the opportunity to take that up with God. So if you feel a hollowness inside, then that is one way that we can deal with it. I know for me, I, I, I've always believed in God, which is, so I didn't have a sort of road to Damascus experience. But at one day in my life, I felt God was saying to me, well, if you really do believe in me, why isn't it making any difference in your life? And that's what changed for me. And I, I mean, it's just a mere 36 years ago for me. I mean, it's not like when Beryl last week was, this is more than twice and more uh, number of years that, that it happened for her. But uh, I wonder when it was for you or when it will be for you. On the other hand, maybe or my talking about the Holy Spirit and Pentecost, you already know about it, and perhaps you could have done a better job than me explaining it to everyone. But uh, maybe you feel that you lack that in this morning, that the prayer ministry team would be able to pray with you. Or maybe you don't even see a need for it, or you're fearful about what God might do when he starts to prompt you in various ways parts of your life. Perhaps you feel that you might lose a little bit, bit of control. Again, I suggest that you taste and see how good the Lord is.
Now, if we take the example of the disciples in, in Acts, we see that in, in chapter 1, just prior to the reading that, that Barbara did, they were asked to wait. They were asked to wait on the day of ascension. And they waited 10 days. Ascension was 40 days after Easter, and, and Pentecost is 50 days. So they, they were waiting 10 days. Now, I just wonder what they were thinking in that time when they were meeting together. I know on the radio this morning, they suggested that they were hiding in fear, but the Bible doesn't suggest that at all. But I think that they were waiting in, in, in eager anticipation. They were obedient. They were waiting there. They must have been thinking, I wonder what's going to happen next. It must have been a marvelous day, that, uh, that, that Sunday, it was a Sunday, that they got this, um, that they, they, they gathered together. I like the fact that the, the words said that they were all together together, that they were all together both geographically and also spiritually. And that's what it's like to be in a church like this where we're all gathered together geographically and hopefully we're all joined together spiritually. Now, uh, I thought I might mention one controversial thing while I'm here. I'm sure Matt will correct me later on. He's got his pen out. The, uh, but I think that God the Father doesn't need patience. That's an attribute that he probably doesn't need because he stands outside of time. He sees history from the beginning and the end. He doesn't need to wait. He sees everything moving in his capacity as sovereign Lord. And I think that's marvelous to know that while you're waiting, you know that God is in complete control and has been able to guide and direct you and give you that confidence that he will deliver what he promised to do. So the disciples waited in faith for Jesus' promise to be fulfilled. And maybe today your wait is over. And uh, maybe the... Now when I was preparing this, I thought something came to mind about looking at all the promises in the Bible that we can take hold of. Some of these things that would give us that hope as we wait patiently. So I sat down and started going through them. And when I got to about a dozen, I thought, well, we'll be here all day if I go through them. So I just picked out two that I thought were particularly relevant this morning uh, to share with you. And the first one's in Jeremiah. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And the second one is relevant to the passage in Acts. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Thank you for your patience in listening to me, yabba-dabba-doo. <laughs> Amen.